This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. We've got an excellent interview that you um, have done with the Tilda Film Festival. Yes, I've spoken to Liz Alexander, who is the director of mm-hmm. the Tilda Film Festival, the Transgender and Gender Diverse Film Festival. And yeah, I had a really good chat with her about the festival. And I started off by asking Liz how the idea came together to have a trans and gender diverse film festival here in Melbourne. I um, got the idea when I was in LA, actually. I went to the Trans Film Festival there and I spoke to the director about I guess the lack of opportunities to screen films by trans and gender diverse filmmakers or with trans or gender diverse content in Melbourne and he suggested creating a festival and I perhaps a little foolhardily thought that would be quite a simple task. Um, So I guess that was part of the inspiration but it's also born of an ongoing commitment to giving people more access to a diverse range of representations of trans and gender diverse people. I think we're seeing more in the media these days, but they tend to be still quite limited or not necessarily involving the trans community. So I was keen and the team that came together was keen to create a space where those representations could be screened, but also a love of film and a love and a love of the idea that film can create change and start revolutions and just make us all feel a little bit better about who who we are in the world. Yeah, I think that's a, that's always a great thing. Um, for example, with the Melbourne Queer Film Festival, for us as a, as a community, you go there and there's all these films about people just like maybe you and me and it just makes yeah. it it's such a normaliser in terms of um, yourself and how you fit in with society. Absolutely. And I think also the joy of a film festival is that you get to see people like yourself in the films, but also you get to see and hear stories about people who are very different to yourself. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in our program, we've got stories from people in Uruguay, stories from Aboriginal Australian people, stories from the Philippines. So, obviously, some Australian people, those experiences may connect to their own, Mm -hmm. or it might be very different from people's experiences and I think it's a great way for us to learn more about ourselves but also the world and different cultural ideas around gender and humanity. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're obviously in the film industry somewhere or a bit of a (laughs) film bug or what's your background? Yeah, I'm actually not in the film industry. I share this little secret with you now but (laughs) I've been a a lover of film for a very long time and just very aware of the power of film. I'm someone who's worked in the community sector so I guess that's where the the angle of this being a very much community festival has come from Mm -hmm. as well as background of other people in the team and I've also been involved in trans activism for many years and queer trans parties and performance art events Mm -hmm. so I come from a bit of a mixed background myself in terms of volunteer stuff I've been involved in and the work roles I've had and I've also worked for a long time with with queer youth so I think I've seen uh, what it is like to be a young person and not feel like you have a lot of role models or people in the media or on film that are like you. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm also, I'm not trans myself, I'm a cisgendered queer femme and I'm someone who's been involved in the community through the relationships I've had with trans people but also the work that I've done, the friends that I've had and the activism that I've done around gender oppression. When you talk about the team that organises the festival, roughly how many people are in this core team that organises this event? So there's about seven, including myself, and we are all from a different range of backgrounds, so people largely the team is made up of people who identify as trans or gender diverse mm-hmm. or obviously strongly identify as allies and they're from a range of backgrounds including the art production, being involved in other film festivals, media, social work. So we're a bit of a motley crew but it's a really fantastic team that's come together incredibly well to put this festival on. Yeah, sounds like a broad range of skills that came together to build this. Yeah, yeah. which is really important and necessary and I think you know we've learned a lot as we've gone along all of us have been new to aspects different aspects of film festivals and certainly I've never run a film festival before so Mm -hmm. it's been a pretty steep learning curve but a really exciting one in terms of seeing people step into roles where they've just really thrived and been able to use a lot of their experience and skills in really productive ways. I think that's a great thing about volunteering that you give something back to your community but you also learn so much and get a lot of experience yourself that you can use in other places that you probably have no idea of at the time. Absolutely. Come in handy. Joy 94.9. We will now listen to the next part of the interview that I did with Liz Alexander the director of the uh, Childe Film Festival. I asked Liz what the biggest hurdles were that the festival team had to jump to make the festival happen. Mm, good question. A few things. Money is a big <laughs> one. So it does cost a bit of money to put a film festival on, you know, to hire venues, but also to make sure that people are paid for the films that they create, so screening fees and a whole range of other costs. It's really hard to get funding in the arts mm. these days, and I know it has been for a very long time, but I think things have really changed for the worst in that respect. So we've been lucky enough to have some fantastic sponsors, including Co-Health, Victorian AIDS Council and EAT, that have really helped us put this festival on and we also really wanted to make it a cheap festival so we've kept ticket prices really low 10 and 15 bucks per session we didn't want to be making all the money from ticket sales because we wanted to keep them affordable and I guess the other main challenge is that we are a bunch of marginalised people so we all face a lot of barriers in terms of being able to commit time and people have had to commit a lot of time to create this festival. People having consistent stable lives isn't always the case when we're dealing with marginalisation or transitioning or different aspects of being queer or trans Mm -hmm. or being super committed to doing a thousand other amazing projects. So I think that's one of the biggest barriers is people's capacity really Mm. to be able to put the amount of time in that that is required for a volunteer role. Obviously in the last couple of years there has been an increase in the output of films that evolve around the topic transgender, gender diverse people. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. How does the whole selection process work? You got a lot of submissions I read, I think over 120 but how does it work? Where do you put the call out or do people just hear there's a festival, let's submit something? We put a call out online and we use our network both nationally and internationally. We're in touch with quite a few other trans or queer film festivals across the world. They're really great contacts in terms of getting the word out there but also for them to recommend films that they've been included in their programs or that they think we might want to include in our program. And then programmers, Anna Stevens led the programming work this year and she's done an amazing job in terms 
searching on the internet for some of those films that were a bit of a rare gem or those that hadn't been very widely publicised or screened. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is actually a bit of investigatory work. And then once we had that pool of films, which as you said was quite a large pool, it was over 120 films that we considered. Anna, myself and Cal Andrews, who is the other programmer, shortlisted the films that we thought were very strong in terms of quality, but also that had a real range of stories and a real range of our countries of origin and a real range of identities that they featured. So it's really difficult to find feature films with transmasculine identified characters. There is a proliferation, as you say, of films, but usually it's about trans women or trans feminine identified people. So we've had to work quite hard to find more a range of identities and mm-hmm. balance in terms of different genders. And then we had two external people, Summer Favelle and Christina Radburn, who are both in the film or art themselves, and they were on our selection panel and we had a process with them of going through the shortlist and deciding on the final program, which, you know, out of 120 films, I think there's probably about 30 or 25 or 30 in, you know, what is really a quite a small program over the course of a weekend. There are a few tears and a few scuffles about the final selection. No, it was all very civil and done over cups of tea and <laughs> it was relatively straightforward, but there was a really high volume of really quality stuff. So there was a lot of stuff that we wanted to include, but that we just couldn't find a spot for. So that was Liz Alexander, the director of the Tilda Film Festival I spoke to. And yeah, it all sounds really interesting. I was quite fascinated by the process, how they select the films and or how they got so many submissions. That was really good. Yeah, and just the fact that, I mean, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the Girls on Film Festival. Mm. The fact that there's so many of these kind of indie film festivals that have a lot of support and mm. that have a lot of people giving their time and energy and can find such high quality films to put yeah, on. It's really good. I looked at the program and I asked Liz Alexander, the director of the film festival, why very often a feature film is followed by a short film. And here's what she explained to us. Well, I think it's quite hard for short filmmakers to get airtime. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to include quite a lot of short because there's some really fantastic short out there around this kind of content because often filmmakers don't have the kind of budget that they would need to make mm-hmm. a feature because film's obviously really expensive to make. And even though trans material is more kind of in vogue, if you want to say, at the moment, it's still really difficult to get that content made into feature films. So we were keen to include as many shorts as we could so we've just packaged them up together with mm-hmm. a feature so people get to see both a feature film and a short but we've also got two short packages mm-hmm. which are entirely made up of short. One film is the one you mentioned before that was specially produced for Tilda by Ben TV. Can you tell me a bit more about that? So last year we were really keen to include some stories about brother boys and sister girls, Aboriginal Australian trans identified people and we found it very difficult to find much material so Bent TV submitted a short interview that they'd done with a couple of central Aranda sister girls, Brianna and Rosalina Curtis, which was them just really talking about their story and their culture and what it means to be a sister girl in their own culture and what it's like to be trans women. And so this year we spoke to Bent TV about doing a follow-up to that short documentary, which fantastically they were able to do, and Brianna and Rosalina Curtis, who are two sisters, 
as well as Vista Girls, were able to be interviewed again by Event TV. And it's really a really lovely revisit of how they're travelling a year or so down the track. And they talk a bit more about, you know, who they are, their identities, their lives. And for those who saw the first one, and you can see it on YouTube if you look for Sister Girls by Bent TV, it's really a nice follow-up to the first short documentary. So we feel very privileged to have that as part of our program. Yeah, it sounds really great. Very much looking forward to that one. Joy, 94.9. So there's a bar there that people can carry on after the opening night film. And Mm -hmm. we've got a DJ and a party just to celebrate fabulousness of the festival and the community. (laughs) So we really, yeah, love people to come to that or not just to see the film but also to have that fun celebratory social aspect of the festival which is actually a really big part of what we wanted to create we didn't just want to put films on people to come watch a film in the dark and then leave we wanted to create an opportunity for people to meet up with mate make new mate Mm. make trouble together think about films (laughs) that they want to make and really celebrate and talk about the films and a range of other things obviously so yeah we really encourage people to come to the parties because we've got a closing night party as well. I guess that the party at the closing night is always uh, probably a bit more loose because the sort of stress <laughs> is gone, it's yeah. all done and yeah. everybody can relax. Yeah, so we'll either be just exhausted and collapsed <laughs> in a corner or we'll be dancing all night long. That's great. You also have a Facebook page, yeah. tilde.melbourne, so same thing, T-I-L-D-E. Yeah, please, um, yeah, Facebook, as people know, has changed to their way they operate, so we've really lost a lot of reach on Facebook. Mm -hmm. that was the case so I think I'd really encourage people to if they can invite their friends to the Tilda Melbourne page but also to the event because we're Mm -hmm. really keen for as many people as possible to hear about the event and we're really relying on people to spread the word Thank you so much for your time Liz My Uh, pleasure uh, Thanks Barbara Great great speaking to you and I hope the festival is as much as a success as last year's if not more Thank you Hope that this will be an ongoing event here in Melbourne for the community We hope so to and um, hope to see you there. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.